smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome, everybody. We're hoping this works. John Aravosis, Unprecedented Podcast, our first Zoom, and I'm sweating like a pig because I'm so freaked out about this. Oh, my God. Um, our guest today, Maria Dakotis. Maria, I know, Cliff is here too, sorry, but I figured- Yeah, I'm here also. My friend, because yeah. you can see Cliff now. I didn't actually have I'm to- just being a wise ass. Go ahead, John. Cliff Schechter. So Never let them guest, see you sweat though. I, I, well, hopefully they can't. Our guest today is Maria Dakotis. Um, Maria, we wanted to have on because we were hoping to have somebody a little, a little lighter than our usual, we're all gonna die-ness. Um, and Maria, you will know, uh, is a New York comedian who has been doing a series of videos of New York Governor Cuomo that have really gone viral. And we just thought it'd be fun to have her on and talk a little bit about it before we get into all the nasty stuff, or maybe we get into the nasty stuff with her. Who knows? So Maria, well, We welcome. have to try to find whatever funny stuff we can find in the nasty stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Maria, your job this episode is going to be to make coronavirus funny. And Minneapolis, that's hilarious. We want you to make that hilarious for everybody. <laughs> oh my God, please Sorry. don't make that my uh, job. <laughs> no, it is not. Sorry, welcome. I cut that off. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and Cliff has a quick little ad he has to read about the Bill Press Show, and then we're going to jump right in. All right, let's do it. So, hey, folks, you know there are a lot of podcasts out there, like this one, for example, um, but there's only one former chair of the California Democratic Party, progressive radio and TV host, and member of the White House Press Corps. I didn't even know that. Uh, of course, I'm talking about our friend Bill Press, and he actually really is our friend. Um, longtime host of the Bill Press Show, host of uh, the Bill Press Pod now, creatively named, um, with his twice-a-week hard-hitting progressive take on all the evils of the Trump administration, which you think would take more than twice a week, but Bill's good. Um, this week, for example, Bill exposes Donald Trump's phony attacks on President Obama. Obama geek. Uh, takes on Bill Barr, the worst attorney general in history. Yeah, that's probably true. And slams Trump for refusing to wear a mask and taking unproven drugs, which he's probably been doing since about 1972. I'm just kidding. For the lawyers who are going to sue us, I have no idea, but it seems that way. Um, well, over obviously at this point, over 103,000 Americans have died. Um, it's important you listen to Bill and others, other leading voices. With Bill, you hear interviews from leading progressives like Maxine Waters and Eric Swalwell. That was a fun tweet storm the other day, wasn't it, John? Mm -hmm. uh, Jerry Brown and Pete Buttigieg. Uh, he has a weekly roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters. You probably won't see John there. Um, he's talented, but not a reporter. And that you may see Maria soon. Uh, that's why <laughs> that's I subscribe true. to the Bill Press Pod. You should too. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for the Bill Press Pod. Click on subscribe. Tell all your friends. Do the to do the same. Join me, friends, as a subscriber to the Bill Press Pod. There you go. Now back to our, our new friend, Maria. Our new friend, Maria. Um, so what the hell happened? <laughs> but I mean, what, you know, what how, did this, how did this even come about? I mean, you were, you were in New York. You, you're a comedian there. You got some inspiration about doing Cuomo. What, what, how did this come about even? So, I mean, basically when the pandemic started and we were on lockdown, I was, uh, my roommate was watching his briefings pretty regularly. So I would kind of pop my head in her room and watch them sometimes. And uh, then I saw the one from April 19th, which is the one my first video is based off when he goes on that long tangent about his daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> and um, I just was immediately hooked. I could not take my eyes off of him. I was riveted, if you will. And I just kept, you know, I was just like, what is, 
is anyone is anyone else like seeing this right now and uh i just thought it was so funny and i just i just feel like i identify with him a lot just because i come from an italian family and like right. he just reminds me of my dad and and all of my uncles and like especially his uh interactions with his brother reminds me so much of my oh, dad gosh. and his yeah, brother yeah, yeah. yeah. My dad has three brothers, so they were like always busting each other's balls. And um, John and I are ethnics too, so we get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Greek, he's Jewish, so we've got okay. so we all, all yell at each other family. around yeah. the table, yeah. Yeah. Like, basically. Yeah, yeah, we're all in that same Mediterranean family, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I just like saw it, and it was just so funny, and I wanted to do something with it because I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I was making other videos, but I I had never done like the lip syncing thing. Right. But I saw um, I saw on TikTok like people doing a bunch of lip syncing, and then I saw Sarah Cooper's videos yep. of her doing Trump. I was gonna say right. that's the one who did Trump, right? That was great. She's yeah. the famous one of Trump, yeah, Trump ones, which are fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, well, why don't I just try something like that? It seems like uh, it's catching on. It's like a form that people are doing. So I tried it, and then I wanted to I wanted to like show something visually a different story than what he was actually saying because right. i just felt like there was so much going on underneath that big uh like a uh, little crazy yeah so um yeah and that's that's how it started basically oh my god and you put it first did you do instagram or how were you using to post it um so i posted on instagram and twitter and okay. uh oh. yeah and then Wait. twitter is where it really like took off are you from new york Maria? My parents are from Utica, but I'm from Atlanta. I was born and raised there. Okay. I just want, I, I, um, I grew up in New York. So I like, you know, I live out in the Midwest now, long story, but um, it's the, uh, you know, you have that kind of Cuomo thing, I think, where you, you can, you can get, but I mean, that may just be the Italian family too. It could be either or both. Yeah. I think it's my parents just like, cause I spent a lot of time in Utica when I was growing up, we would go up there a lot and like see my family. So I do you still like go there? Uh, yeah, sometimes. One of my best friends, literally, seriously, and a business partner of mine in political work, the way I kind of relocated because the love of a good woman out to Cincinnati, also grew up in New York, and he ended up in New York City, grew up in, and he's in Utica. I talk to him like every day. He's got like a distilling company over there, Adirondack mm -hmm. Distilling. So if yeah. you go up there, have a drink, uh, you know, it's my friend Jordan. Great okay, place. cool. Yeah, I do. I go up there sometimes, so I still have family there. That's so awesome. what, I mean, to what degree have these videos taken off? I mean, I loved them, but I assume you, you when, I, when we were booking you, you kind of mentioned, oh yeah, I've done a lot of interviews. We could do Zoom, no problem. Has this kind of gone crazy or were you, or were you always like famous New York comedian? Um, <laughs> I, Say you no, always they, were. They've kind of gone crazy. I mean, I had done a few bigger projects, I guess, like nothing to, I mean, I did, uh, like I opened for Mike Birbiglia on Broadway one night. So that was kind of like one of my wow. big things that I did, but I wasn't, it wasn't to this degree. Like I wasn't getting asked to be interviewed and you know, like <laughs> this is, I'm getting asked to be interviewed by so many places that it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> and you actually and, said yes to us. Yeah, I did. Wow, so. <laughs> Clearly you hadn't seen the show. <laughs> What's the biggest interview? What's the biggest interview you've gotten? Actually, Cuomo should have you on CNN, or has he? Uh, he really should. Uh, he hasn't yet. Um, oh, that I would be funny. <laughs> John, we should start a pressure campaign. I was just going to say, we need to... I think I'm going to start doing it. We're going to be like, you have to have her on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny, though, actually. And, and of course, and then have him slip in the brother at the same time. But yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just crazy. You know, what? 
excuse me, there was an interesting article. You probably saw it, I'm guessing, but it was either the New York Times or the Washington Post talking about uh, uh, Sarah Cooper doing the Trump. And I don't know if it mentioned, did it, I don't know if it mentioned you or not, but it showed another woman who was doing like a drunk, maybe they were all Trump. It was doing Trump impersonations. It was another woman doing sort of a drunk Trump, but in like some, you know, 3 a.m. in the bar in her, her flashy outfit. But the way Trump was talking, so he sounded funny. like he was drunk. And she just thought, I'm going to have like a martini and it's going to be 3 a.m. and I'm at a club, like doing Trump, you know, but, yeah. but just saying his words. And they were saying how, a couple different things, I guess, how one was sort of this genre has just popped off. Second of all, about how it's female comedians and how interesting that is. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and some of it was, well, some of it was just that they didn't think this would work with male comedians. That in fact, because you yeah. guys are women doing it, it's making it well, even funnier. Well, that makes funnier. it funnier, I think, definitely. Like that yeah. adds something to it, but. I think it does too. I think also because we're taking like the, these powerful men's words and putting them in a body that like doesn't have that kind of institutional power. Right. And so we're kind of like, yeah, what if he was just like this drunk girl talking like this? No one would pay him any attention if he actually looked right. like, you know, because, right. yeah. but that's what he sounds like. He sounds like a drunk girl at a club. So, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. You know, and what's funny is I never even made that connection. I, well, being gay, I often have my sort of gaydar attacks when I hear him speak, just because there's so much of this going on. I feel like I'm watching, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Match Game from the 1970s, which, even Cliff may be too young for. Um, I am, in fact. You know, but it, it's this sort of flamboyant over the Is that top some form of gay exploitation you're talking to? Exploitation. Actually, there you go. No, well, no, Match Game only had Paul Lind, who is a fabulous comedian, by the way. You don't, do you know who Paul Lind is, Maria? Paul Lind? Paul Lind, L-Y-N-D-E. I don't know if I do. Hilariously, clearly gay comedian from the 1970s. He was on Bewitched, which, tell me you know Bewitched. Yes, I know Bewitched. Oh, thank God. He was her <laughs> uncle. He was her uncle Arthur on Bewitched, but a his oh, okay. but a very sort of biting, bitchy comedian. Everything with him was always just biting, biting. but hysterical. Anyway, we'll stop about my rant <laughs> about Trump's effeminateness, but whatever. <laughs> um, but in any case, it's it's funny because I but at the same time, you guys do a well, I mean, emasculating Trump is one thing. Cuomo doesn't need to be emasculated. Cuomo, it's more playing on the Italian side, I think. Yeah, it's the or, gruff when I see sort you. of Italian, you know, way of speaking that makes it funny. Well, and the yeah. softness too, I guess, right? I mean, the boyfriend thing really is my friend. And you've, you just had another boyfriend, one that came out uh, this week, maybe? I just saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really like making fun of him really. Or I, I, I may be like disempowering him a little bit, but it's in like a vulnerable way. Like we care about it, I think. Like we I, see him yeah. say these things and we're right. like, oh, I, I identify with that. It's kind of adorable. The, when he, I mean, I hate to, you never think of Governor Cuomo is adorable, but those kind yeah, of- Yeah, but he is. These endearing, <laughs> these endearing, social, regular guy rants that like you said too, at least from an ethnic background, that wouldn't be my dad, but it would be somebody, you know? And actually that would be my yeah. mom. My mom would be the one going off on some, and of course, then my mom would try to tell a joke where she would forget the punchline. And she'd literally go, oh, <laughs> I forgot the punchline. You're like, mom, why did you tell us all of this? I was trying. <laughs> you know, and it's just, yeah, it's really, it's funny. But um, I don't know, are you, I don't, and I don't want to make you go there if you don't want to, but are you much of a political person? I mean, before this, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't a political comedian. I mean, I have strong beliefs politically, but I'm not like, right. 
I wasn't really incorporating it that much into my comedy. I guess I would talk about, you know, gender dynamics and equality and things like that in my standup, but I wasn't like this politician and their policies because I don't, I'm not really, I don't think educated to the extent to where I can do that in politics. And, but you, um, has that changed? You you insinuated maybe it's changed now or not? I mean, I have started to try to learn more, um, especially because I have all this attention on me from uh, from that world, from this right. like political realm, and a lot of journalists right. are looking at me. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm still not. They are. They're all looking at me, and, like waiting for me to. Do Why that. are you looking at me? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> but. I guess like I'm not, but I'm still not really like politicizing my, like what I'm doing with Cuomo. It's more just having fun with him as like right. an insecure bumbling dad, you know? Right. So. Right. Is that a lot of, is a lot of your humor impressions or is there, is there like a certain type of humor that you tend to do more than others? Um, that's a good question. I do have a good amount of impressions that I have like videos of on Twitter and Instagram, but uh, that was more of like, let me see if I can do this and like stretch myself as a performer, but it's not really like what I love to do. Um, But yeah, I guess I'm, I'm more of like a stand up and character actor. Cool. Let me just, we're going to take a quick break for an ad from literati books and then come right back. Okay. Well, the unsolicited testimonials for Literati, the book club for kids, rolls in. JP says, my surrogate grandson Jack received his Literati books yesterday. He was so surprised and excited. This is a perfect gift for kids who are quarantined. He decided he would keep these two. He didn't want to read about Laura Ingalls Wilder. She's a girl. <laughs> you this That's the great thing about Literati. You yeah. can keep the ones you want, send back the ones you don't. Every Literati book contains five books based on a theme, right? Your nephews have them. My ex is newborn. They love it. them. And they have stickers so they can keep them straight so they don't get confused about whose books oh. are whose. OMG. Keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free. For a limited time, go to literati.com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to literati, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I dot com slash Stephanie. 25% off your first two subscriptions. America's number one book club for kids, Literati. It is essential in quarantine. That is literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. I'm the producer too, and it's just living hell for a podcast that we don't make that much money on. But what the hell? Um, don't you love doing everything, editing, hosting? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, well, you know what? We'll just say the ad ended anyway now. But why do you find yourself having to do all that kind of stuff? Oh, of course. Why you with your videos? Are you basically editing? I'm doing. I mean, I'm doing everything. So yeah, right. Production. Well, you're the other. And, we both, and in this case, we have the both yeah. book guests too, which is also. So thank you for being here. Yes, um, but no, yeah. no, you. You're the boyfriend too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because I think in Sarah Cooper's, I think she's got a couple other friends that join in, I think. On some of them, but she does some play of them. other roles too, yeah. Because she did, I remember she did the, like, Fauci or whoever with the mask on the face, kind of looking at Trump about the bleach going, they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, what, can, can I ask you, I mean, and I don't want to get, you know, too deep on this, but... I think some of what the article was getting at, and we've had comedians on before. Actually, we had my friend Andy Cobb, who's a, um, a Second City guy in L.A., and his wife. And, oh, my God, what's her name? His wife. I've got to Google Oh, it. she's funny, too. Yeah. She, well, no, we, had, no, we, had, oh. we had, and I'll never okay, pronounce yeah. his last name right, even though I've had dinner with him before, Tony Adamunic, who does the great oh, right. Trump impression. Oh, yeah. So, Tony from and, the, and Do you know Tony? 
He's yeah, he's my friend. Antonio. All right. Yeah, Antonio's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I literally so met him in more in the one of the weirdest coin, you know, weirdest situations in my life when um I won't go into it into a long story, but I realized that that Mark Hamill was following me on Twitter and we ended up talking to each other and he ended up I've done a lot of work. Uh, I used to go on TV a lot more and he'd seen me and before I knew it, we were my I was able to take my family over to watch the filming of of uh of one of like the last Jedi part of it. And, oh my and gosh. yeah, and it was just insane. And we were over in London and um Anthony was doing his Trump, they had the Trump versus Bernie tour, and they were mm -hmm. in London doing the Trump versus Bernie tour. And and Mark actually they asked him if he'd be a the like debate moderator. And then we all went out to dinner afterwards. And I mean, again, still for me, <laughs> one of the more surreal moments of my life. Uh, That's so cool. And, and so, and Tony's just, he's been a good friend since then. Just great guy. All he is a great, great guy. guy. You know, where I was heading, I just looked up her name because I hate, I hate when people sort of do this. Mary Beth Monroe <laughs> is Andy's wife who is also a comedian, out there, an actress oh. out there in LA. Um, oh, okay. And actually, I think she's more successful than Andy. I just have to throw that up. <laughs> Are you really, really saying that on our podcast? I think so. <laughs> so I should say, I should say Mary Beth Monroe's husband, who you may not know, Andy Cobb. In any case, but what, um, you know, we hear a lot. I mean, those of us who try to hear these things, we hear a lot about how for female comedians, it's harder. I did not know, for example, that, and apparently in your industry, this is probably well known, that I forget who it was, but once upon a time, it was the whole thing of women aren't funny. You can't be yeah. a female comedian. Women just, audiences won't find it funny. Right. And, you know, and even back then- Or you if had you jokes. are funny and you make sort of off-color jokes, uh, which we encourage that on this show, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, if you do that kind of thing, then it's like, oh, well, she's not ladylike. And, you know, I mean, it's like you get yeah. caught in all the sort of sexist stereotypes where it's almost mm -hmm. like you can't win, right? Definitely, yeah. I definitely have felt when I've been doing stand-up in certain places, uh, there's just like an attitude in the room that you can feel when you go up that people have decided they're not going to laugh at you, like no matter what you say, just because like you're a girl. Still. I remember I did this one uh, open <laughs> mic. There were, It was like all men. There were like a few other women and me. And then uh, every time a woman went up, like n none of, no one laughed. And then uh. the guys, every time every guy went up, like the crowd went wild. And then this one gay guy went up and he called everyone out. He was like, hey, first of all, y'all need to check your sexism. Every time a woman gets up where you don't laugh, it was amazing. It was so good. I was like, yes, he's an ally. Uh, but it was, uh, it was really good. And then obviously they didn't laugh at him either, you know. <laughs> well, we count as women in that regard, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's really... That's, I mean, it's, and I don't mean to be naive about it, but when I heard that, I didn't even know it was that way years ago. I thought years ago that it would have been more just the overall sexism of, we hire guys, we don't hire girls, you know, that kind of crap. But not that female comedians, I mean, and again, you know, we're the wrong audience because we're like big progressive political people from D.C. Um, and Cincinnati, but D.C. via New York. For I lived, yeah, I was in D.C. You know, for a while. So, so, I... so, so like when I think of female comedians, I mean, I go back to like Joan, when I was a kid, Joan Rivers and, oh my God, what's her name with the husband Wolf, remember? Uh, Phyllis Diller and Lucy okay. and Lucy. Oh my yeah. God, I mean like, and maybe, but I also wonder, Cliff, like, were you into, like, that could have been my gay side liking them, too? Because, I mean, Phyllis no, Diller I liked, and I liked, Rivers. I love the, the, the you know. Lucy, I love Lucy and stuff like that. But the thing is, is, like, still female comedians had to do it a certain way, right? I mean, mm -hmm. even then, mm -hmm. she had to do it where she was, like, the goofy sort of like self deprecating blonde. Or? Well, no, mm -hmm. she was the ditzy, yeah. goofy blonde who would always do stupid things, you know? 
and mm-hmm. and he'd be like, well, Lucy, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She, she couldn't be like, you know, edgy. She couldn't be, I mean, women just could not do that, you know, at that time. This is and, something, I mean, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, this is something, like, that I think about a lot when I'll go to open mics and stuff because, um, like, I'll be trying out new material and I'll say something about uh, just, like, gender inequality or something, and it makes men so mad. And I'm like, why are you mad that I'm, like, saying things are not equal and then they'll come up and tell like a really bad rape joke like rape joke, oh, off, <laughs> off, rape joke, off, rape joke. and then they feel entitled to your laughter and i'm like okay so it's okay for you to do that but it's not okay for me to be like to make fun of men the way straight men put on chapstick like wow i'd like to see you make fun of that and i'm a straight man yeah they they can't put it on they're like they don't know where their lips are first of all they put it on like it's a crime they're like right. Like they don't want anyone to see. Like it's if someone sees you put on chapstick, like you're gay. What they're like covering it's it up? Like a, it's true. We have to hide that. Actually, hold it, hold it like, hold it like the cool marine they cigarette hold thing. It, yeah, the they literally hold it like a cigarette. Like they can't. Oh they they don't know how to put chapstick on normally. So this is like me just making oh, fun of straight funny. men, and they're furious. But then they go up and they're like. <laughs> women should get raped or whatever like they suck right (laughs) no you're so right about it it's funny see i do the opposite because i'm a straight guy that likes to annoy right wing straight guys yeah so i I purposely try to do feminine things and like wearing a mask just to see exactly like wearing a mask so i don't die (laughs) Uh, just to see how uncomfortable i can make them you know so it makes them they get so uncomfortable yeah that's the thing is that there's a lot of like dodging men's discomfort as a female comedian are you able to are you able to use that at all like like do you can you then point it out and say hey oh making the guys uncomfortable and and make it a little lighter or no like you just lose them every time you go there no no i really lean into it if they're if they're like being uncomfortable i call them out or like usually there's like a group of women that are laughing at everything i'm saying (laughs) because they just don't get it you know like they just don't get they're like wait women don't like when i bring my guitar out non-consensually like they just don't get that that's funny and so like women are like going crazy and i'm like these ladies love me you guys know what i'm talking about you know like i just kind of like go to the point of the room and like interact with them who are on my page and we right. kind of gang up again. You know, do you, I, crazy thing to ask you, cause you know, I'm sure all you comedians know each other, but Alyssa Limparis, have you been yeah. watching her on Twitter? Yeah, I have, I actually uh, I love her. met her at UCB when we were, she was like a UCB performer when I was studying. What is UCB? Um, so that's the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. It was okay. started by Amy Poehler. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, it was like they, her and, um, three other guys who studied yeah. in Chicago, brought it to New York and- Okay, yeah, because so. yeah, Alyssa basically, I've been, I mean, I got sort of caught up. First of all, of course, her name looked Greek to me and you know, we just were like a mafia as far as that goes. <laughs> no, it is though, the Greeks were all like, you know, yeah. and but then watching, she was doing these impersonations of her mother and I think she's from Boston, she must be. And mm-hmm. it was this Boston ethnic mom who again, could be Greek, could be Italian, could just be Boston, you know, whatever, but, <laughs> but she's hysterical doing, her mom conversations are just- Her mom videos are so funny, yeah. yeah. Now, what do you call it impersonation or what would you call what you do? Like, although hers is a little different than yours because you're actually lip syncing. Is it an impression? I don't, I don't an, know what it is. I don't think it's yeah. an impression because, well, I don't know. It's it hard funny? to say. No one knows what to call it. I don't know yeah. either. It's kind I mean, of an impersonation, I guess. Do you feel like you're cheating a little bit because all you're doing is playing his words? I mean, is that like a, 
he's literally writing material for my one woman show like <laughs> yeah Cuomo is my head writer on my show that's <laughs> yeah. really nice um, of him. yeah it's so nice of him to write my material for me yeah no I'm literally just taking his his stand-up and say, and like putting it in my body <laughs> how much um how how much practice does it take to get to be able to do the lip sync correctly um, I would think that's not necessarily a skill a you would have trained for right. as a comedian, right? Lip syncing. No. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's uh, I, I have to kind of map out what I'm going to do with the audio first. And then once I break down, like, okay, I'm going to do it in parts. I'm going to do it like one third of it like this. Right. And then, so then I'll just break it up into parts. I did challenge myself and do one in one take that was like a minute or something. And that <laughs> took so long. I was yeah. like, Never again, but I just yeah. wanted to challenge myself. <laughs> but, anyway, but how are yeah. you even listening to it? How are you doing it technically that you can, are you, are you just taping it live with his audio playing live out of a box? Yeah, so I basically cut the um, audio in a Premiere file and then I'll play it from Premiere and say it with Premiere, like as God. I'm filming. Okay, I was gonna say, I'd be terrified of trying to get, I just can't, all of you have been so amazing with the syncing is what freaks me out. Because yeah. I've never even tried that. <laughs> and you and you see people doing like lip sync on TV and bad lip sync or even vaguely bad. It, it's, oh, I still got my TV on, that's funny. Hey Google, turn <laughs> off the TV. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now on my Google, you're gonna love this. The, all right, I'm trying not to use sexist language. The witch. Um, it's a guy. My my Google's a guy. It doesn't. It it understands turn off. Did but you it check, John? How do you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It understands turn off, but it doesn't understand turn on because apparently we've had this discussion before. Most of the fucking country, including whoever's at Google, thinks the words on and off have the same O sound. So oh. I tell it to turn on the fucking TV, and it goes TV turned off, and you're going. It's like a sketch. You're going. Oh my god. So you can't can you figure it, it out. It doesn't. It, an, it is a very hard. Hey Google, turn on the. Wait, let's try this. Let's try the this. difference between on and off. Let's try this. Hey Google, turn on the TV. No, it's not here. Hey Google, turn on the TV. Okay, turning on Sonos. Oh, fine. Now it's going to work. Okay. Hey Google, turn off the TV. Google, no, now it's going to work. trying to make you look back. As I was going to say, they can't get the TV thing right. Maybe that explains why the cars were running people over. It drives me crazy. Of course, now it's going to leave it. Okay, seriously, I have it. Hey, Google, turn off the TV. Not an ad for Google here. Google, record Fucking John's God. conversations no, for but Donald it's, Anyway, but we had this whole discussion on Twitter where I was asking people because I said, what is going on? And most people on Twitter went, what do you mean the O's are different? Because apparently, I'm from Chicago, and we say on versus off. Mm -hmm. Off like awful, on like put upon or whatever. And they were yeah. like, that's not it, they're the same thing. And I'm like, they're not the same thing. But I may yeah. be a Midwestern, like, although a lot of our accents I find, um, I think parallel New York in some ways. Like, mm -hmm. do you guys say on and off different? There's an ah kind of accent in the Midwest. Ah, I've oh. noticed since living here. You, oh, you know? absolutely, Wisconsin. Yeah, it, it, there's different versions of it down further south where I'm in Ohio and Cincinnati. It's a little different, but it's- But you're rednecks it's, down there. They're, they're, well, of course we are, but it's they're all, um, um, they, they all come off of sort of the Chicago being the, the most, right. you know, the, the sort of hardest accent. And, the other, and they're all kind of variations of that. Yeah, yeah. Like anyway, I don't know area. why I got into this. But yeah, I got into this. I saw yeah. my TV on. Um, do you, do I mean, do you guys, I, I've always wondered, I should ask Andy more about this too, but like, 
do you just have, I assume you have to be sort of innately funny to be a comedian. I don't mean that as a ridiculous kind of comment. What I mean is you can't really train to be funny, can you? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know I, mean? I feel like it's there is something innate and intuitive like for people who are comedians, like they just have that timing in their bones or they just know when something is going to come around and be funny. Right. But I think so many comedians grow a lot when you see them from the beginning of their career and then you see like their stand-up way later and it, they've just grown so much yeah. because you just keep practicing and you just get better. I think like you probably do have to have it inside of you, but it is a skill that you have to like keep developing and, and learning. Cause a lot of comedy is very, in, in my opinion, like formulaic and uh, like the more. I think it's like, like a lot of skills, you know? Uh, yeah. There's like a spectrum where people start off, you know, and I think obviously some people are much funnier than others, but if somebody who is somewhat funny works on it a lot and somebody, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't, there's probably, you know, you can improve, you can get worse. You can, that would be my guess. And then yeah. there's just some, some people that are normally called Republicans that just aren't fucking funny at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. like all of their comedians though, they, if you, I mean, I know if you, again, we noticed this, but like all the comedians that go over to the dark side, they're usually just, it's oh. like the actors. Most like Dennis just, Miller, he was funny oh. once, and he's like, and yeah, that's like the queen of India, the Maharaja saying, poof, poof, and the clouds go. You know, and you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's not you funny just, anymore. He, yeah. he tries to make like 14 <clears throat> references in one thing, you know, and you're like, I don't know, you lost me on the second one. Yeah. And that, I don't know. Well, I think a big part, like, even though comedy is like, a lot of it is like making fun of people that the, I think the root of it is your perspective and like the, how you feel about something. It's like, you have to have a strong perspective and, and like a strong feeling on whatever you're talking about. And if you just kind of like, if you're a Republican and, and you're like staunch and you don't really care about right. uh, black people being killed by police, like if you don't care, it's not, you're not going to be funny if you don't have an opinion or if you don't like, hopefully it's a tough topic to make funny anyway. <laughs> finding racist murder, finding racist murder acceptable. It just, it's hard to be funny. But, well, no, you know, yeah, but like, okay, just no, but like in general, if you don't care about people, you, you know what, what it is, is that if it, here's what I think, I'll just, and then we got to do a quick in. ad, but I want you for a couple, up. and then I, but can we have you for a couple more minutes after this? Sure. Okay, Cliff, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, it seems to me, and this is, you know, the best comedians is that you're willing to, you punch, uh, you, you punch up, first of all, and take on yeah. those who are more powerful to, and mock them. And also you're self-deprecating and willing to punch yourself. Yeah. It seems like conservatives are only willing to punch down. Right. And like it, it's making fun of the people who who are having a tough lot of it really isn't that funny to most of us. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. The punching up is key. All right, quick ad from Omaha Steaks, and I'm going to need my glasses for this one. Uh -oh. We are so not used to it. We usually we do these with audio, so it's easy to kind of sit there and, you know, we do our nails while we're talking. It's like all the – Cliff and I are tweeting while the other guy's talking. It's shotgun beers, to, you know. Now we have to pay attention. All right, so I'm leaving this up, but I'm leaving your guys' faces on, so you better not do anything stupid. All right, if you're looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, Omaha Steaks can help. What does Dad really want for Father's Day? Steak or a tie, or a tie. Um, for a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha steaks, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts, and so much more. All idea for 
Dad's Day for Dad's special day. These packages come flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and delivered in a cooler with dry ice safely to his door. That means fresher than fresh. All backed by Omaha Steaks' unconditional 100% money back guarantee. It's a simple, delicious way to treat Dad this Father's Day. And you're giving him something. I haven't read this copy before. He so sang one with of the me. lines, though. That was impressive. It's a, you know, it's like I said, Maria. She's inspired with Maria. I'm getting into my musical side. Uh, and you're giving him something he will actually enjoy. Right now, Omaha Steaks is, off Steaks is offering access to a variety of amazing packages that are perfect to send Dad for Father's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar. You'll see all of the great options available, many that include free shipping and a free one-pound package oh, of their perfectly cured, incredibly thick applewood smoked steak cut bacon. Oh, wow. Like, I'm not much of a steak guy per se, but that I'd slather all over me. God. Uh, visit omahasteaks.com. I love bacon. Oh. Visit omahasteaks.com and enter the code liberal in the search bar to shop for Father's Day today. Remember to enter the code liberal in the search bar. All right. Just, if you I'm are out send there. Him a yeah, Sorry? send him one. Send, I, actually, that would be funny. You know, the thing is, nowadays, I was, I had like a, a banker who was incredibly helpful to me this week and I wanted to send her something, but I was thinking she works at home now. You know what I mean? So oh, like yeah. there's, so I actually got the email of her boss and I'm going to send a really nice note to her boss because she was just amazing when all these other banks were being awful. But, but it is kind of a funny thing. Like it would be funny to send that to Cuomo's office, but you can't probably, yeah. maybe <laughs> yeah, he's there. Well, we can. Well, he, wait. people send him masks though, somehow. You know what? I've got. That's true. I know Cuomo's producer on the show. So you never we could always try to we can try to find out if you care can try to send him some steaks we can, we can, we can try so. to find out we can then try, you I, could do your impression of him eating those steaks <laughs> <laughs> um, oh i know what i was gonna ask you because i think i asked andy this too like in okay in politics and cliff and i both know this but both of i have this um both of i both of us have this we both done a lot of tv <clears throat> and tv of you know the political arguing tv and one thing that is very helpful to do good TV as politics is learning a bit of sort of one-liner jabs. And it's usually, I'm gonna say repartee. It's, it's, it's you said something and you kind of throw a funny line back. And it's, but it's, it's responding to the person next to you and it's usually just a quick funny line, funny clip. Sometimes it's inappropriate because it's like a serious thing, but it's something I think good politicos in DC are very good at. Whereas we can't just riff. I think riffing is very hard. You know, like, hey, be funny for three minutes and you're going, oh, fuck me. Whereas I'll wait for you to say something stupid and make a joke about it. And Cliff and I are good at that, I think. But how do you, how do you know when, you've, when you're going too far with your jokes? Do oh, you? Um, Have you had problems I, with that ever as a comedian or? Yeah, I mean, I think about that all the time. Like, I don't want to punch down. I think about that. Like, I always try to examine the joke and make sure that I'm punching up. Right. And also explain to my, people what that means. Punch yeah. Like, um, like, uh, so you, you don't want to ever make fun of the oppressed. Like you want to make fun of the oppressor because they're the ones who are being ridiculous and don't care about people and right. are misusing their power. So it's always better to make fun of the oppressor. It's always necessary, yep. <laughs> not just better necessary. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think just audience reaction. I mean, as a stand-up, you're out there most nights of the week. You're getting lots of different reactions, and you just got to see how people react to it. And that's how you change your set, and or you even change a word, and then you make it better. It's like it's just like constantly evolving. And 
uh, yeah, I think it's just like trying it out. Like you just have to be out there. Has it ever gone bad? I mean, I mean have you yeah. ever had something where you said, oh my God, what did I just fucking say? Mm-hmm. Or no, no. You're, not, you're not that out. You're not, you know, uh, what's her name? Who I also find hilarious. hilarious. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli. No, Lisa oh. Lampanelli. Oh. Sarah, Sarah, I find funny. Lisa Lampanelli cracks me up. Oh my God. And she's yeah. so freaking rude. But it just, it, but she also, ta- I was asking Andy about that, like how, I don't know if you have an opinion on it, but I said like, how does she get away with it? Because, in, and we've gotten to be much more of a sensitive culture now, right? About mm-hmm. these jokes. And then I was watching her, it was because one of the comedians recently had talked, uh, I forget who he was, but had talked about like killing his son if he found out he was gay. And we were really outraged in the gay, a black comedian, pretty famous. I forget his name, this was three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, if I found out my boy was a fag, I'd kill him. And the audience is laughing and all of us are going, ah! Not um, so funny. Not so yeah. funny. But, but well, then there was pushback because people were like, oh, they're comedian. I think he might have even initially said, I'm a comedian, this is what we do, blah, blah. And, um, and, and just that, we were trying to, and, and Andy mentioned, I think, Lisa Lampanelli, who I didn't know, and then I pulled her up and went, oh my God. Sean, didn't I ever oh my tell God. you that story? I mean, I got once to go on a, a serious satellite radio show. Right. And... And I was the political person, and the, they brought in uh, other people that were much more famous than me and more interesting, to be honest. Uh, and Lisa Lampanelli was one of them. Oh, God. And I had to sit there next to her, you know, as we're talking to our microphones as they're doing this. And the, the questions were, you know, like she found a way to answer. I'm just going to be honest, folks. If you want to you get upset with me, go ahead. But she found a way to answer questions every, you know, with like, I love giving blowjobs to black men. And I'm saying every single like, answer. Yeah. How do I respond? What do I do here? <laughs> me too. I I that's what I would have said. I would have gone, me too. There's nothing I can say here that won't, what, with me and my profession, get me in oh. serious shit. So I'm like sitting there yeah. and I'm looking around and hoping that, uh, you know, someone else would jump. Oh, she, I mean, it was, it's literally. But she's funny as hell. I mean, I found it hilarious. I mean, people, so. people should Google it because it's its own genre, but she's, Andy, Andy felt that she was so de- self-deprecating that she could get away with it because she talks about being fat or ugly or whatever it is. But I mean, she's going through the audience. She's speaking on the black guy, the Latino guy and asking him what they do. And she's like, wait a minute, you're, you know, you, the black guy, what do you mean you like work as cleaning staff? That's the Latino guy's job. And you're going, and she's like, you're black. You're not supposed to be working at all. And literally you're, this is, I'm quoting the thing. You're just going, oh my God. And the audience is losing it. And I just, it's, I guess what I'm kind of throwing to you too is like, what makes that, what makes it funny and acceptable versus somebody else saying things that then you go, <gasps> because her stuff is just hilarious. And God, if she doesn't say things like Cliff said that on paper, you might think, holy fuck, fire her. Well, is it because you know? she's self-aware about it? It's just because she knows that what she's saying is like, actually like satirizing what some like someone really conservative or like yeah. prejudiced would say. That- is that what you think it is? I think it could be that, like honestly. Like, she's self-aware it's like, about it's it. It's clear she doesn't mean it. That, that's right. the first one. That's what I think is key, is that her persona yeah. was more conservative all Don the time. Rickles, kinda, is she yeah. Don Rickles in a way, but in its Maybe. own I mean, way? I'm just saying, if people thought she really stick. believed any of that, she'd be, she'd be gone. Yeah, right. that's the thing. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. So it's probably that she's, like, yeah, she's, like, kind of playing a character. She's, like, right. self-aware it's, about it. It's and not she's like making she fun of herself, did. as you said. She's being self-deprecating about, like, I'm ridiculous, you know, in a kind of way that, that you know. But that's that's a hard thing to pull off. She's good that's at Archie, it. But, that's Archie Bunker, Cliff. I mean, I, and well, we always... But that's the point is, if you fail at it... How could you do it, that today? You because, know? again, I feel like she's... 
you know, I feel like she's going after herself and that's why. Archie Bunker never, even if you thought, even if everybody yeah. found him to be hilarious, he was never making fun of himself. He was, well, he was going after course, every group. But of course, they the whole show was making fun of Archie. Well, we know, and you, and yeah, you but, got that. Yeah. But we knew that, but I don't think it's yeah. as, it was as evident to as large a crowd of people as, yeah. as what, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. And, and part of it also is different time. Back then, you could say whatever the fuck you wanted to. I mean, in the late 60s or 70s yeah. or 70s and early 80s, let's be honest, like, you could do what Archie Bunker did. Different thing today. You could never do that. Yeah. You know? Which is which is also, I mean, not to get too meta here, but it's also fascinating because, right, what Archie was saying was more acceptable because it was racist. And he'd go after Jews, too, and gays, right? It was bigoted. But at the same time, it was so provocative because the show was obviously making fun of people who were bigots. So that it right. ended up, it's almost like you said, like when you make your jokes about guys, Maria, where it, it, at the same time, it, it's funny, it's funny the needle that Amer All in the Family was able to thread by playing off of that. Yeah, it's okay to be racist in the early 70s, so we're gonna be racist, but we're actually saying fuck you to racist, which is like, whoa. Like they're actually punching down on the bigot. Yeah, it's right. weird. Yeah. But again, I don't know if people have the nuance today to pull that off. Well, there are, I mean, and you can argue whether they pull it off or not. There are some people that get pissed about it, but it seems to mostly be in the realm of the sort of adult cartoons these days. But South Park does it. What are adult cartoons? Oh, you mean Family Guy. I think adult yeah, not cartoons. Not like porno. <laughs> I mean, cartoons that really aren't meant for kids, which was okay, a sort yeah, of yeah, Simpsons yeah, yeah, yeah. type invention, and they've taken it further and further and further. Right, right. I mean, there's no doubt Family Guy or, or the Family Guy or South Park both do that kind of stuff. Still, I mean, they have numerous racist type remarks and whatever, and people don't take them in the same manner. Now, maybe that's because right. it's a cartoon; you can get away with more. I don't know, mm -hmm. but some of it could be just that it's it's it, they also make fun of themselves constantly, right. and and that's part of it. So, what I mean, what's your so what's your career trajectory? What's next for Maria? Where can we catch you? Tell us what. Actually, what can anybody catch you anywhere? Or are you guys? Are you guys? I mean, obviously, no stand up yet, right? Unless you unless you're zooming it. There, there are Zoom stand-up shows. I haven't really been focusing that much on them just because I like the feeling of being in the room with people when I do stand-up. And you've got your Cuomo work to do. Yeah, it just feels weird over the computer, so. Well, you don't get the feedback, I'm assuming. Is that not a problem? I'm not sure if, like, you can't, the ones that I've done, you can't, I mean, hear people laughing. Some yeah. of them you might be able to hear people laughing, I don't know, depending on what platform you use, but, yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just doesn't really feel as fun for me so yeah I haven't really been doing stand-up but yeah I'm hoping like before this all started I was about to start pitching a tv show and I'm like hoping oh. that I can like move into that direction of doing that because I've like worked really hard on it and then just everything stopped so I couldn't pitch <laughs> can, you, can you talk about what the tv show is um I think I'm gonna keep it oh, okay yeah don't wow don't give anything away anybody can steal from you wow yeah oh very cool though um <laughs> but then after so after everything opens people can find you at clubs yeah, around New York or probably, what's your usual yeah probably performing around New York doing stand-up and then on social media you can see where those shows are and you're going to keep doing Cuomo for the time being how often do you do Cuomo typically I've been trying to recently do three videos a week oh I didn't even realize that yeah so I think I just put out the 10th one. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. So the, and the 10th one, like we said, was the boyfriend's leaving, or the boyfriend left. Uh, well, I actually just did a Chris Cuomo, uh, Andrew Cuomo one this morning. Oh, fun. Yeah. Have you, so, have you put that out yet? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. We'll have to catch <laughs> that right after this. Oh, that's funny. 
Um, well, this has been great, though. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on so long, too. I wasn't really sure. We were, we were kind of like, why don't we talk to a comedian about? But I, I do <laughs> think, to me, it's very interesting, the, the sort of nature of comedy and just that kind of thing. Actually, I do one thing I'll tell you real quick, and Cliff and I do this too, we say we're closing and then we're not. Um, but Ellen DeGeneres once was uh, talking and they asked her about, I remember, oh, I know what they said. They, they, the interviewer said, do you know you're funny? Like, do you realize you're, do you, do you know, when you come up with like a good thing, do you know it? Like, or when you're saying it? And she says, not really. She says, usually I'll say stuff and sometimes I'll say something and then in my head I'll go, ooh, that was really good. <laughs> you know that that because she's sort of improving, and I and it did make me think of the political stuff we do too, Cliff. Because it's true. Sometimes you'll come up with stuff that falls flat, and sometimes you'll have a zinger, and just in your head you're like, I don't know where that came from, but I'm glad <laughs> I said that. You know, and it's I don't ever know where it comes from. It's but a, it really is actually Cliff is, is more the comedian than me, and I, if anything, he's toned himself down for the political shows because they're so serious. But Cliff is like <laughs> vulgar political comedian extraordinaire. Um, but I, I mean, and I mean that lovingly. I mean, he used to write. Thank on my you. Blog. I try. No, um, he did. I, I had a in a different blog. life. That's what I would do. But he was though. I had a big blog in the two thousands. It was one of the big Democratic blogs, and Cliff would write a weekly column, Cliff's Corner, that was just over the top, vulgar and funny about the political events of the week. And it's just I've I've always been curious as to where that comes from, and I think it is. It's it's like any artistic, you know, gene or any artistic part of your soul that some people are just born with it. And like you said, cultivating it is one thing, but there's clearly just something in people who are funny that's mm -hmm. just there. And I, I, I don't know, I mean. Yeah, sometimes I feel yeah. like when I'm working on a joke, I know I'm like, okay, this is where people are gonna laugh. And then I try it and people laugh at like a different part. And I'm like, oh, why funny. did they laugh? They laughed at that part that I wasn't intending for that to be funny. That was supposed to be funny, you know? And then I'm like, oh, okay, you have to just kind of like, Huh. Always be in dialogue, I guess. Of, huh. you know, it also feels like, you know, I've seen, there's a few comedians back when we could go and see them live, which we hope will be again someday soon, who I've seen, you know, and um, they will be like in one scenario, they're hilarious. In another scenario, the audience totally isn't into it. You realize so much that it's, it's the timing, which may be a little off one time. I mean, if you're split second off, it may be the audience because, you know, people love, like, people claim we're all, you know, we all just do our own thing. But the truth is, you see the person next to you laughing, and that's a cue that you should be laughing, mm -hmm. too. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll never forget when even 20 years ago, seeing Adam Sandler in two different sort of scenarios. Mm -hmm. And once he stood up and was absolutely hilarious and in a different place, like, people were almost booing him off the stage. Huh. It was like the same yeah. material. Yeah, you know? I've done that so many times. Like I've done material, the same, I had two shows one night. I did the same exact set. The first show was awesome. People were like going crazy, loved it. I went to the next show, did the exact same material and it was like dead bombed. I was like, what? <laughs> it's what, just, like, what is that though? I mean, what, so, I, I think it's that stuff. Yeah. I think it's the, the, I'll let you talk. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll just say again, to me, it feels like often it's the energy of who's in the room matters a lot. And it's the energy of like, how, how much energy do you have on that occasion? Are you still like, are you, are you still hitting your marks and kind mm -hmm. of making the, I don't know, but let me let you talk about it more because you're better than me. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's true. Like it's, uh, it, it depends on all those things. You're right. Like sometimes the audience is, if, if like there's not a loud person that loves to laugh, that kind of like gets people going, then maybe people aren't, are like more timid about laughing or it could just be, they're not into that kind of material. It's just a different audience and like, they don't like your material. 
uh, yeah, I know. And then, yeah. And then it also is like your own energy. I know that after like, just like as a comedian, you're going to bomb, you're going to bomb a million times and that's just a part of your life and you just have to deal with it. But like, I remember after doing that one show, I was like, should I quit comedy? Like, I was like, Oh my God, like that was so bad. We've all been there by the way with anything we do. And it affects, it affects me for like future shows. I was like, okay, I'm, it's okay. I can do this. You know, like it kind of like becomes a part of you, those like bombs, but you've got to like work past them. But so before we let you go, can, can we maybe get you to do one Cuomo type impression? Except she doesn't speak Cuomo. I don't, I don't have his voice though. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So I, I have to go through. Like, I, yeah, like how do you? <laughs> John grabbed you for this and I'm excited about it. But I'm, I, I'll admit I haven't seen the, the what you've oh done. My God. Gonna, but now I'm going to go watch them all. So. Well, you know yeah, what I'm going to do? Yeah, go, sorry, go on. Because I just have to have his, his audio. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what, I got you. You know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to... um. I'm going to try, I hate this, it, it makes it so much harder, but it's worth it, especially because yours is so visual. I'm going to try to grab one, probably the initial boyfriend clip is, is my favorite. Um, and I'm going to try to grab maybe half a minute of that and throw it in to the video at the beginning so we can show people, well, I'm going to give the links fun. anyway. Yeah. I'm going to give the links in the podcast. I'll give a link or two to one of your performances, so to speak. Um, and oh, Cliff, I mean, it's the first one, I think the first one was Cuomo going off about, and mind you, he's doing his daily coronavirus briefing, right? And he starts talking about the boyfriend. You see, the boyfriend's with us. <laughs> and the thing about boyfriends is, you gotta like the boyfriend. And he's like, and he's talking like, this. he goes, I like the boyfriend, but if you're the dad, you have to say you like the boyfriend, even if you hate the boyfriend, but I do like the boyfriend. And I mean, he's going on, that's literally the dialogue for a minute or two about the boyfriend and making meatballs for the family. What was he talking about? That they were all quarantined at home together and the boyfriend was with them. Gotcha, okay. Daughter's boyfriend. But imagine two minutes of Cuomo going off about his daughter's girl boyfriend and how, again, you gotta like the boyfriend because if you don't like the boyfriend, then you get, what did she call it? Boyfriend derangement syndrome or something. He goes, where then they love the boyfriend. and. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, and he's going on, and you're, you can see staff looking kind of, go, I mean, imagine the staff going, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> it was a whole two or three minute riff on the boyfriend. And the boy, the, and of course, the daughter probably was sitting there going, dad, shut up. You know, let yeah. alone the boyfriend. <laughs> so she does all the characters, and she's got her doing oh, that's awesome. lifting, and the boyfriend sitting there kind of there with one little hair drawn on his chest with a mark, with a spark, with a marquee, whatever you call it. Oh, it's, it's, I just, yeah, anyway. I, I hope for all of you, you know, and uh, Sarah too, and well, Alyssa's doing her own thing, but I really do. I hope for all of you, this is just so, such a boost to your careers because it's just so goddamn funny. Um, Thank you. I mean, I guess the question for you, I'll let you go with this though, but the question for you is, where do you go with this? Is there anything you can do with this going forward? Not just Cuomo, but you know what I mean? Like, have you thought about that? Like, is this just a quick detour that's really funny and put you even more on the map and now you just go back to what you're doing or maybe continue i don't know honestly i don't know you i'm know? still trying to figure that out yeah i, I would know. hope that that some politically related comedy show like the daily show or something would would have you yeah. do some of this and grab you like, for yeah it, she's going like, yeah sure yeah i mean <laughs> i would hope like they're, they're looking out daily there for works. talent you yeah know? like you're here and you're you're obviously doing a great job and you're funny as hell so Come on, guys, get on this shit. Now, uh, <laughs> tell people how they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. So all my social media is just my first and last name, Maria Dakotis, M-A-R-I-A-D-E-C-O-T-I-S. And okay. just 
my first one. Straightforward, easy to find. I just followed her on Twitter, folks. You can find okay. her. It ain't tough. Yeah. And they'll easy. find all your video, at least, well, the videos on Twitter and Instagram. And then, as we said, uh, once things open up, if people are in the New York area, they can just sort of keep an eye out for your comedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks this, for having me. This, I think, well, I, I say this worked. Wait until this is over and I see if the video actually exists. <laughs> otherwise, we had a really, otherwise it was really nice. It was just a fun a, conversation. It was our own lot. Zoom cocktail hour. <laughs> that happened to me like the other day. I did uh, a, I did an interview for a news station and she like didn't, it didn't record. So we had to redo oh, it. Oh, well, we better have recorded mean, this shit, John. I know. Well, I'm hoping it says it, it's this recording. Is, it says it's recording. So I'm hoping, you know, we'll see. Actually, uh, okay, the last quick funny thing, and then I'll let you go, and then I've got to do another ad. One of the neighbors down the block, Lita, who's, I think she said she's like 70, 72 or something, and really sort of eccentric, fun neighbor who has multiple cats and feeds every dog that comes by. So my dog loves her, everybody, because if you know anything about like, like cleaning up, uh, like the supermarket, not supermarkets, the uh, dry cleaners and stuff will give little treats to the dog so every dog comes in. They remember it. So Lita's there and she's telling me how she goes, oh, you're Greek. Did I tell you my Stavros story? I'm like, no. She goes, well, remember I told you I was always in love with Telly Savalas, who was like a big star from the 70s, Greek, Greek-American and you know, very big. And she always wanted to meet Telly, she and her girlfriend, when they were at school, uh, Columbia or NYU, somewhere in New York. So they pretended they were journalists and they found, like they were filming on the street and they introduced themselves to Stavros, his brother, who was on the show but a lesser character and introduced them to him and said to see if maybe they could weasel their way into interviewing Telly. Well, Stavros has them back to his hotel, puts them in the breeze of the hotel room. Mind you, this is the 70s, so it's, well, I shouldn't say so it's totally on the up and up because then it was probably even worse than Me Too stuff. But Stavros was a gem in the room. Would you like room service? Are you hungry? She goes, at that point, then we were kind of fucked. She goes, so I pulled out a pad. She goes, we're students, you know, undergrads. So I pulled out a pad and I'm interviewing him. And I was like, Lena, you should have like, it, anyway, it made me think of it what we were just talking about, but you know, but I was like, God, you should have submitted that to like. I know. At that's that a point, story. that's a great story, and then it's a, and then Stavros, if he was interesting, all the better. Like, what a yeah. great and actually, and he probably would have liked it once he found out. I mean, he might have been pissed initially, but I just love the idea of them pretending they're journalists. It made me think of so doing funny. this, of like having our own interview that no one's gonna see. But <laughs> so, so I would do this later, but I almost feel like. That Maria has to be here for this, John. I was uh, just looking for, you know, what we would talk about. Our next after. ad? No, uh, I was looking about what <laughs> we talk about after, and yes, and it is being is being reported right now, and I'm not making this oh, shit up. That a group of monkeys oh. escaped by attacking a laboratory assistant. They escaped with a batch of coronavirus blood test samples, and they're now climbing around. Is this in Delhi, India? Basically, we're seeing the beginning of rise of the planet of the fucking apes. Oh, and we're going to all be gone soon, folks, because the apes are taking over. The actual <laughs> movie cliff is 28 Days, which is a movie about the end of humanity because some chimpanzees are liberated from a lab by a bunch of animal rights activists and they're liberated with this virus. That is the movie. So we've had murder hornets, locusts, coronavirus, monkeys carrying coronavirus oh my samples. God. I, I mean, I don't even know how you do comedy anymore in this fucking world. I, I it's know. either, in any case, there's a bunch of them. I'm looking at a picture sitting on a motorcycle. Oh Monkeys? Seriously. <laughs> like, literally, they're sitting on a motorcycle eating fruit what from a box there. Happening? Apparently, they've got coronavirus samples. <laughs> and they're going like this. <laughs> yes, oh, like, my God. That's the world you are all living in, <laughs> friends. Oh, God. Uh, wow. I got nothing.
All right, I, Maria, I mean, that's the biggest the toughest part of the comedy <laughs> is finding the parody today. It's oh insane. god! All right, let's well, let's we'll, we'll let Maria go, um, and then we'll keep continuing for a little bit. Maria Dakotis, uh, like we said, you can find her on Instagram and whatever else the other thing is. Twitter, Twitter. she said Maria Dakotis, just her name. Um, and Maria I'll link Dakotis. to. And well, you'll be able to find her because I'll link to a couple of her comedy sketches uh, doing Cuomo anyway in the in the uh, description of this podcast, so you'll be able to check her out. Um, Maria, lovely. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. You've been Thanks great. Thanks so much me. for being here, Maria. Yeah, enjoy right. the rest of your and the rest okay. of your and you, podcast. You sign off because I have no idea how to even get rid of you. So I'll sign off. Thank you. All right, take <laughs> care. Oh, that was that was I like her. That was a lot of fun. She was well, you She's know, because awesome. you wonder. I mean, you know what I wonder actually. I should have actually asked her this too because you wonder with comedians. I wonder like, do they have like this public persona and a private persona where privately they could be really shy, but publicly they're outgoing. Right which now we can't I, ask her because we already asked her to leave, but. I've heard, I've had comedians actually tell me that before. I think it depends on the individual, but there are some people, it seems to be almost the reverse of the way it is with most people hmm. who are most comfortable up on stage and much more uncomfortable and sort of more intimate, yeah. smaller groups, which seems to be the opposite of what most people, right? I mean, public yeah. speaking is one of the biggest fears that people list, right? Yeah. I, I remember seeing ones where public speaking was listed above death. Oh. Um, you know, as a bigger like, fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was nervous the first few times. And then you, if you get up in front of, you know, I just speak at one of my graduations, right. you know, and you get up in front of a lot of people. It's amazing how that you you're just yep. like, oh, it's just like normal. No different. There's just a lot of people out there. But uh, these, it, in any case, it's interesting. Cliff, we all should you... learn whatever skills we can before yep. the, the coronavirus monkeys. Monkey apocalypse. Um, Cliff, why don't you do the quick ad for the clean phone for us? And then we can then kind of just chat a little bit more about the, you know, all the other crazy news. You mean news that you think there's news out there crazier than, than coronavirus carrying monkeys? No. Okay. There's all right, folks, we've talked to you before about the clean phone, uh, and let's talk about it again. Obviously, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands. We're sneezing into our arm. By the way, if you've ever had to sneeze with a mask on, I don't know what you do then. I just had that happen to me. It's unpleasant, but I digress. Um, so what we're doing, though, even when we're washing our hands, we're being careful. We're taking a huge vector of virus out into the public and back home. That would be our phones. Uh, constantly touching our phones when we're waiting in line, um, pressing them to our face. So we have to, if you really want to take being, you know, coronavirus seriously, you got to take cleaning your phone seriously. So what we have for you here, the Clean Phone Pro. Um, it's the Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology. It kills 99.99. That's a lot. John's making nice faces at me as I do this. I'm sort uh, of miming. I'm, I'm, my, my inner Maria Dakotas is coming. I'm trying to sort of mime you as you talk. Uh, you what? may get, find yourself getting in trouble with the community for the deaf, <laughs> but you go right ahead, John. <laughs> um, they're better than wipes. Save your device. The Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone with nine high-power UVC lights. That sounds like a shitload of lights to me. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Cool. You can be sanitizing other items or wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone, phone Pro as your go-to charging station anytime. Fully removable top means it's an easier fit, more items, and larger items. So go to the clean phone, go to cleanphone.com today, I'm sorry guys, and get one for just $89, free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL. As you've said to people, you may get it anyhow, but you want to make sure to use that code SEXYLIBERAL just in case. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember to use the code SEXYLIBERAL for a two-day two free shipping, and we'll ship immediately. That's thecleanphone.com, thecleanphone.com.
And Woo! I believe, uh, yay, that's your clean phone. Exactly. And, and I, I, what I else do we have I, besides apocalyptic monkeys? We've got. Well, I mean, well did you see since the we went on CNN air, John, this morning? Oh, now what? Well, let's get to that. But I'll say in more of the breaking news category, or that oh, will be when people hear this. Now what? Since we went on news, Trump tweeted some, something encouraging violence from the official White House account. Yes. And not just his personal one, which already had a tweet removed. He's now done it from his official. Well, it wasn't removed. It wasn't removed, just so you know. Well, I Twitter, can't see Twitter it. went halfway. Twitter, uh, uh, what Twitter did was they put up a warning. They, they, I believe they hid the tweet with a warning and said- They have a warning there instead of it. How do you get to the actual tweet? Oh, That's I don't- the there should be some, well, okay. Maybe I, I'm just too dumb to figure it well, out. Well, actually, I, actually, we know maybe they did finally remove it. Originally, they put up a warning, and I believe it was behind the warning you had to view because they said this tweet uh, glorifies violence, which is against because he he used a famous quote from the '60s, I guess, which I didn't I don't I didn't know the quote was if there's looting, there's going to be shooting, meaning if you loot, we're going to shoot you dead to the authorities. And it was, but it was from like the 60s. Like, like you know, it was clearly a racially tinged comment to start with, right? And of course it is again, talking about the looting going on in Minneapolis, Twitter put up a warning about it. So Trump decided to double down and tweet it from the White House official Twitter account. So Twitter put up another warning, but then they did say on the White House one, uh, because we believe this tweet is in the public interest or is of public interest, we will not be removing it. So right. they kind of, they- They also arrested you know. a CNN reporter this morning. Oh my God, who, it's true. Yeah. Who's not white, whether that had anything to do with it or not, I'm suspicious it did, but I can't did you, say Did you see sure. the video? I, I didn't, no. Oh God, you've got to see the video, Cliff. From what I've heard, he just was asking, like, where should I line up? Where should I, you know, take? And they just arrested him. They were. Um, it was a, a African American, uh, Omar Jimenez, maybe uh, right. Latino last name. I think Jimenez, but uh, but he's African American because I googled. I wasn't sure. And he and his crew are there. Basically, they had uh, the, uh, the cops had swept the streets. There was looting. There might have been rioting. You know, fires and stuff. So the cops had cleared the streets. There's like a hundred state police there, but there's not mayhem going right now. Now they've got the streets under control, right? So there's like a hundred or fifty state police behind them. They're they're surrounded by like eight state police, but the, but the reporter and his crew from CNN, they're live on CNN broadcasting. He's one of their correspondents. And what had happened was one of the earlier cops had told them, "Yeah, you can you know you can broadcast from over here." Because they said, we're covering this. We just, we don't want to get in your way. Well, these guys didn't like that they were over here. So they were going to arrest them. And he said, officer, we just, we're filming live. We're, we're you're on CNN. We just want, and he's, he, he didn't even actually push the CNN angle too much. He was being very nice. Like I would have been like, do you understand you're on, right? He said, you know, where would you like us to stand? We were told to stand here. We'll move wherever you want. What, what, what is safe that isn't in your way? They kept not yep. responding until finally put his hands behind his back, handcuffed. And mind you, the crew is filming this live. Number two producer now or whatever. Well, I think they get the cameraman. So the cameraman puts the, the cops are fucking idiots. Cameraman puts the camera down on the ground facing them. Well, the cops oblige and don't realize that the cops now are totally in the angle of the camera, handcuffing the second guy on camera. The camera. So then the cop picks up the camera and is walking. So now we're getting video of the troops. Oh my God. Well, they got released within two hours. The governor had to apologize because it was the state police. But you're watching this, and I've got to say, I mean, it's, 
I don't want to say it's more because it's not more shocking than someone getting killed. Of course, what was shocking to me was you were you. It's one of the things where I complained on the last broadcast. I've complained on the last podcast clip about how I don't like it when you don't see the whole video. I don't like when they only show the ends of the videos where someone's getting hurt or whatever, or or someone's being irate and you don't know what provoked them to be irate. In this case, it's a long segment that you. I mean. Something about it, I was just going, oh my God. And then when yeah, I realized something else black, that's even, I was like, oh I'm my gonna tell God. you something else that's even potentially more oh. horrifying. Huh. Okay. That also is out here. What Monkeys I'm not gonna do <laughs> what, okay. oh, no, excuse me. What I'm not okay. gonna do is share huh. uh, names or anything because this hasn't been confirmed. I'm gonna okay. share what we know is true and then tell you what we don't know. Okay. So my, my friend Matt McNeil, mm-hmm. who hosts a radio show the progressive radio show on Minneapolis uh, radio. Oh, Great yeah, guy. I know his name. Yeah, I know yep, name. No, I go on his show sometimes. Sent out a picture the other day, tagged me and other people and said, you know, like, was like, we need to identify this man. And essentially, there's a guy, it literally looks like it's out of like a movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 like the symbolism of it. He doesn't, he's not like, he's a white guy right away, sticks out, you know, he's in this crowd. Of right. a lot, it looks like a lot of African-Americans. He's in a black suit, has a black umbrella up. It's not raining, but he's got a black umbrella up and he has a, he has a gas mask on to conceal his face, it looks like. Right. And there is video now of him literally, he's not looting anything. He's just walking by a store with a wrench, smashing windows one right. after the other, right. as in trying to, as somebody participating in trying to get a riot going or whatever you well, want. Well, that's an interesting is. question is, was he a provocateur? That, well, first of all, yeah, that again is not a hundred percent, but the, for, in this video, he's not running inside the store to take anything. Right. All he's doing is smashing windows and, and engaging in that behavior. Uh. There are people now on Twitter who are, who are showing pictures and it looks similar. All I can say is it's not confirmed yet claiming it's one of the police officers. Oh, that would be insane. And again, I don't want to wow. give false information. We do yeah, not no, know they, yet. They, they're going to have to prove this. They've they're going to have to prove it. It has not been confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. It has not been proven. Go yourself and look because yeah. the pictures of the close-up, even with the gas mask, he looks a lot like one of the police officers. Mm-hmm. It may not be him. And I don't. And again, I'm careful to never share anything that's that you know to cast yeah, the appropriate I doubt. Exactly. Just so to be let safe. me cast the appropriate yeah. doubt on it and say absolutely, we don't know. What, yeah. what we do know, though, is somebody very suspiciously dressed, who clearly was a provocateur of some sort, no matter yeah. who he was, was walking around smashing windows and seemingly trying to get hmm. to do his best to add to and, and to whatever the melee was going on there. Right, right. That's insane. There's wow. so much insanity going on right now. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, um, it's like almost like we don't have, you know, it's like we're talking about this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Over 103,000 people are officially dead from coronavirus. Um, and let me give you this, John. Uh, give me. Um, I'm looking for it in my Twitter feed. I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to just guess the numbers. I want to get them uh, to you definitively. Okay. Um, hold on. I'll see it in one second. This is coronavirus cases. Here we are. Okay. So here we go. Um, you do the math on this and see if you believe what Governor DeSantis of Florida is telling you. We've known that he, first of all, already spiked information, tried to hide information coming right. out from nursing homes, showing more deaths in Florida. Same right. with Kemp in Georgia. These are fundamentally dishonest people, immoral people. They are Donald Trump. They just right. run states right now. They want to be president. Here's the information. 
According to the CDC, this was from May 27th, so it's a day or two old, but this is from that day. So far this year, Florida has had 1,762 deaths from COVID, while it's had 5,185 from pneumonia. Here's the punchline to this. The average pneumonia deaths in Florida from 2013 to 2018 from the same time period are 918. A year? Yes. So normally, Florida <laughs> sees 918, but they're saying so far this year, they've seen 5,185. In five months. In yes. five months. Well, actually, yes. which let's pretend it's not coronavirus. So that would be a thousand a month. So they're looking at twelve thousand for the year versus so Ron DeSantis, if, if it's not if it really is pneumonia, Ron DeSantis has somehow created a pneumonia plague in Florida yeah. that's killing people there and nowhere else. Unbelievable. The, the, the more likely scenario, I'm just gonna go and spitball here, yeah, is of that five thousand one hundred and eighty-five, you're looking at forty-eight or forty-nine hundred of them are people who have died from COVID and they're hiding yeah. it. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Maybe yep. more, if you think about it. So, wow. wow. Um, that's, I mean, that's why they say 103,000. I wouldn't be surprised if more, I mean, that's just Florida and yeah. they may be not counting nearly 5,000 cases. Yeah, imagine. Yep. Imagine if you, yep. if you do that per capita, the rest of the, I mean, I don't think other governors are lying the way DeSantis is, but in other big states, Kemp in Georgia, I bet is, uh, Abbott in Texas seems to be. I wouldn't be surprised if we're more, yep. already at more like 150. Yep. Well, they're trying to play this really cute little game of, of um, well, what Trump was claiming, which was a lie, was, oh, people are, the example they gave literally was, people are falling down stairs and breaking their neck and dying, but because they had COVID, they're calling it a COVID death. That never happened, right? right. So even like this, they, they would try to pretend like, well, it wasn't the bacteria, it was the pneumonia from the bacteria, and actually AIDS works this way where um, we would, we would, we were sort of taught to say somebody didn't die of AIDS. They died of right. complications associated with right, AIDS. Right, exactly. It's like, would they have died would, if they hadn't gotten AIDS? That's right. really all Bingo. that matters. Right. Because what happens is you, for example, you could get certain diseases and illnesses that you only get if you have a compromised immune system. So by having AIDS, you would get back. I mean, not to go all through. Anyway, there were lots of really gross things. But there's other get. ones, and there's but, other, and there's other ones that you, you that you get that if you didn't have a compromised immune system, it would be able to effectively fight them off. Well, no, correct. But my point is, you would die of like a rare cancer with AIDS because you had AIDS. That's why the rare cancer took hold. But, but today they would say, oh, that's, that's not AIDS, that's cancer. And they're trying to do the same thing with the coronavirus, except that they actually haven't even pointed. I have yet to see even one good example of something that wasn't a legitimate coronavirus death. As you right. said, everyone, even Fauci, everyone said that they're clearly, you know, they've got to be underestimated. I mean, our Sanjay Well, some are probably by mistake, but clearly some are quite on By intent. Yeah, yeah, 12,000. Um, it's only 12 times the normal pneumonia rate in Florida. Right. And pneumonia, by the way, in, at least in the past, but still is a concern for elderly, especially. Sure, it always which, is. I mean, which makes you wonder again, because he didn't want to release the stats from the uh, from the elderly homes and you know it's it can be much worse than that you, just florida and georgia and texas are yeah. kind of lying in those three very high population states yeah i mean well which in also, any case yeah go on anyway. yeah i'll say no, now sorry. we've got now we've got trump on twitter in his violence okay what's uh, he doing now? violence he's quoting he literally is quoting george wallace like yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not sure how you can make it any easier for people to make the argument who this guy is than quoting literally the most racist, divisive figure in politics, you know, I think people would say 
major figure in politics in the last 50 years. Actually, tell people who George Wallace is while I pull up. So he's a former segregationist. And, he, you know, back then when Southern Democrats were what, who've now all become Republican, were the right wing racist uh, variety. He was a Democrat, uh, Democratic governor of Alabama, you know, famous for, for trying to block integration of schools, had a famous segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever, as he stood outside of the university and tried to block its integration. Eventually went on to run in, in a combination of sometimes in Democratic primaries, but also as an independent, the American Independence Party, which was pretty close to just being a fascist party, mm. um, for president numerous times as a third party, uh, um, you know, so-called Democrat, but calling, but, you know, socially uh, extreme to the right uh, Democrat. And so that's George Wallace for you. Again, the, the, well, the quote to, is, yeah. the quote, the here, here's, the, here's the actual quote for you. Yep. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. Right. That is what Trump quoted. Right. Every time you think Trump cannot find a way to become more despicable, if there's anything he's good at, it's becoming more despicable because he finds oh. a way. The other thing he's good at is deflecting attention. His entire Twitter stream over the last 12 hours is craziness about this and other stuff. He's trying, and he's actually kind of pulling it off in a way. He's trying to distract attention from the 103,000 dead. I don't and know, he's, man. I, and I, I don't watch cable most know, of the time, but yeah. uh, you know, my wife the other night turned on quickly just <clears> to check uh, after the 100,000 remark, CNN. Right. We're watching Aaron Burnett, not known to be a liberal, by the way, probably a center-right Republican of the never Trump. Oh, is variety. she a little, is she a little, Aaron Burnett, a little to the right? I mean, she came from the markets. She was a market huh. person, you know, she huh. was at CNBC. Right. Um, she's definitely, uh, you know, and, and she was ripping a Trump horrified at a doctor on there who was literally as close as you can be to blaming Trump for all these mm -hmm. extra deaths. Uh, you have, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Sanjeev Gupta? Right. No. Uh, Sanjeev Gupta is the big doctor. Sanjay. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting, yeah. I, was getting, I would, the first name I was mixing up. Yeah. He was doing the same. I mean, again, uh, uh, Trump may be deflecting some attention, mm -hmm. but the whole mm -hmm. half hour of that show was just nonstop kind of mm -hmm. the situation we're in and how bad Trump's been. So wow. I don't, I don't think, he, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I don't think he, he is fully, however, uh, diverting attention. And again, we're going to pass the world war one death numbers pretty soon, which are 116,000. Right. That's going to be a whole nother round of this kind of stuff. Right. Right. Well, so. and it actually gets even more complicated because the big thing Trump is doing now, he's pushing to, uh, well, he keeps saying revoke Section 230. It's actually a law. It's a provision of law, so it would be repeal. You is that the 12th article of the Constitution? You wouldn't, what, <laughs> revoking 230? No, but um, Section 230, very complicated, but Section 230 is the uh, area of law or the law dealing with the fact that publishing platforms like Twitter, or back in the day, Blogger, or back in the day, GeoCities. Remember places where we would put up our own websites? Or today, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, anywhere that you put up your profile, Instagram, and it basically held them harmless from lawsuits based on the content their users were posting. Right. So meaning it's not Twitter's fault if someone says something racist or whatever. Now, as I recall from the blogging side, it protected us running blogs, for example, that if somebody was being nasty in the comments. Now, what I recall 
was I thought that we had a duty to help if contacted. So if someone contacted me and said, I'm being slandered and being libeled, or they published my home address or whatever in the comments of your blog, please take it down. I would take it down. A, because I saw it. B, because I cared. And C, because I could. It wasn't like it was a thousand things a day people wanted me to take down and I couldn't physically do it. But, um, but I basically what they said was, you can do good Samaritan work, so you can occasionally take stuff down to be good, and that right. still doesn't make you responsible for every fucking thing that's been published. Because there was the danger there too. Well, if I'm starting to edit some stuff and I haven't right. edited everything, then I can be sued, right? So that's what Trump wants to get rid of because basically he wants to make it uh, he wants to make it so anybody can sue Twitter and everybody else for anything anybody says about them. And of course, the concept is the problem is Trump keeps bringing up. In the executive order yesterday, it was actually very interesting. The executive order uh, about the, it's very complicated, but he specifically mentioned Adam Schiff. And he said, you- Shifty Schiff. Oh, oh, listen to what he said, Cliff. You, uh, you know, you came down on me for allegedly, you know, pro, uh, grossly elevating violence. And Adam Schiff had a tweet last week about the fake Russia probe. And you didn't take his down. And it was like, oh, my God. But I mean, that's the kind of crazy ass shit he's doing. So basically, anybody who has said anything about Trump regarding Russia, like we have, and I still believe in the Russia probe, which, by the way, the Russia probe found that Trump committed multiple felonies. That right there, Trump says is worthy of Twitter taking down. I mean, so they've he's. Can you imagine him in a different country that didn't have any of yeah. our democratic tradition and safeguards. I mean, yeah. he's no better than all these. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's no better than all Wait. these, these, these the, the current group of ghouls running countries like Brazil and Turkey yeah. and Saudi Arabia and Russia. And I mean, he just, we just have been able to hold him in somewhat more check here. I mean, the question is how long we can do that, which is why we need to get no. him out of office. Oh, we're fucked if we don't win the election. And I'm not just saying that as one of those, you know, we always say that with the elections. This this country, I mean, this country is already in trouble, and I don't know what we're going to do to come back from this. Because as we said before, actually, we could even have a little discussion, and maybe quit, because we've been going hour 15 now, so we could probably quit in a minute. But it reminds me of the discussion we had the other day about, you know, will Biden go after Trump, and should he? Not go after, that's the wrong phrase. Um, will, yeah. will there be any kind of national reconciliation commission that looks at all the things Trump did and tries to figure out how to stop reverse the bad things, but also figure out how to stop all of these abuses. The abuses Rick Grinnell is doing now with uh, Director of National Intelligence. Um, uh, these, just this kind of vile stuff Trump Grinnell, is doing. Bar, the right, yeah. How you stop that in the future. And the problem is that, you know, at, by the time the election comes, we could have 200,000 dead. And we could be in the throes of, you know, wave two of this virus. The economy could still be in a depression for that matter, because you know what? I ain't going to a restaurant or a air, an airplane anytime soon. And there's a lot of people who think like me. I'm really scared of that stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting until this is over and I get a shot. I mean, I don't even know when the hell I'm going to be comfortable getting on a plane again until I'm vaccinated, right? It's, it, it is going to be very hard to reopen up the economy and have people come back other than in crazy states. And um, I was raising this because, help me... Help me. I don't know. We were talking about the election or something. <laughs> um, uh, the election. Ah, I'm forgetting. I hate you. You're saying why we need, I was saying we need to get rid of Trump or, you know, when we yeah. have an election. 
but that's where you took off from. So I, I know. I hate that when you like you inspire me, but then I also lose myself as I go. Oh, well, wow. everything you said was a good point. It was now. a good point anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember where I was going with this with the election, but it was just, it's, it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, he's, oh, I know. Oh, well, oh, I, I can't remember now. Oh, no, we were saying about, I know, about what we do after the election, about what Biden does. And I absolutely understand where Biden, okay, first of all, Biden as Biden. I think Biden's got some Obama in him in the sense of wanting to bring people together? Absolutely. Yeah. Obama probably- He's had a speech today, by the way, on Minnesota, which I expect it will probably strike a lot of those themes uh, yep. about bringing people together. That go ahead. Good. Um, no, no, I'm saying, I'm, you know, I'm, yep. back, I'm agreeing with your point, that right. that's what you do if you're a leader and you want to bring people together. Right. But I worry that Biden is going, and I, honestly, he's not wrong, and that's what scares me here, that Biden, is going to get elected, God forbid, I mean, God forbid he better get elected, but that Biden's going to get elected and he's going to say, we can't first thing out the gate launch investigations of the Trump administration. We can't. We just can't. Because then it's going to look like that's all we got elected for when we're in the middle of a depression and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Well, you've got a lot of stuff dying. to fix. I mean, again, you know, it's, it's, it's that it's, sort of catch-22 about our country that gets you, you know, get, it sucks in that way, and, and yet it's necessary. You know, which the is felonies, Cliff. The felonies. They could go after him for the felonies well, once he's we out don't of want Every time there's a switch of power, we want it to be peaceful. We don't want the next guy, the first thing he does, or hopefully next woman, right. coming in and, and, and investigating the one that came before because they're from a different party. That that's how con countries are not democratic. Right. And yet, you know, uh, it, a lot of the the people that that you know, and I've got a lot of complimentary things to as just I often say about Obama. And I understand why he was in such a difficult situation, but not holding anybody accountable and saying and making it clear that what was done was criminal with torture and certain other things meant that it was going to happen again. Right. You know, and, and this is uh, this is even that much worse than all of that. I mean, this guy has corrupted every part of the government, every part of our democratic traditions, you know, firing IGs left and right. right. And that kind of, I mean, I don't know how you don't do something about that. Because if you bend over so so much in one direction so that you say, you know, well, we, we have to adhere to every democratic norm. We're not going to, you know, we, we right. can't prosecute the guys that came before us. But then there's nothing to stop people from committing well, crimes because they know I no mean, one's ever going to prosecute them. Yes, but what, I mean, for example, what you would do is you could fix the kind of things you're talking about without prosecuting. We would have to tighten up the IG law so that the president can't fire them, basically. Or, or I see what you're saying. I mean, something. there are ways to do some of that right? stuff. Yes. I mean, but because I just think it's going to be very difficult to prosecute. And again, I'm talking practically speaking, but I'm also talking what is smart for a Democratic president coming in who wants to keep his job and wants to not be a one-termer where everything and and then we lose congress and then you know everything goes to hell right i, I think in the end though sadly i think in the end it's it's, it's going to be up to attorneys general anyhow in states because he's going to pardon himself and everybody else yeah and while it's questionable yeah. whether he has the power to pardon himself whenever it's questionable they get away with it That's if it's not yeah. clear you can't do something yeah they, they do it anyhow whereas we never yeah. do and we never push it and, and you know, and, yep. and hold them to account for it in whatever ways we can. So knowing what the Trump, he's going to pardon himself, his kids, his whole, you know, everybody. It's going to be up to the state of New York, the District of Columbia, the state of Maryland, places like that, state right. of New Jersey, places where there are Trump properties where, he, where he's clearly committed crimes to hold them responsible. Right. Right. So this may be all moot conversation because I, I don't know if, if, if Biden is even going to have the ability.
to, to pro, you know, the, or not Biden, but the Biden administration, the Justice Department under Biden. Right. Um, so there well, is that. But too. they'd be able to they'd be able to change that memo, for example, about the president being indicted. I mean, there's a lot of. Yeah, but that's just, while the president's in office. He won't be in office anymore. No, no, no. What I mean is fix it for next time. But the next oh, time. Oh, yeah, the they Republican can fix a that, bunch of stuff for the future. That's what I mean. We were yeah. talking about. Yeah, of course, they can pass a whole lot of legislation they did after Nixon. This guy's got to be held responsible. He's got to be. I, I agree. He's got to be held responsible. But I just. If he's not held responsible, then it's, it, after all this, then none of our laws mean. You know, but I mean, but again, I see the political problem with it, though. Not, I, I do, don't mean but, political, but again, but I don't mean that in a crass way. I mean, I think you really have a problem with people out the gate thinking, you know, people are dying. The whole point of getting elected was to have a president who actually focused on the problems, focused on the 200,000 dead at right. that point, and not just on vendettas. And then all of a sudden, the Republicans who spin things better than we do are able to spin But I don't all have a problem. I, I agree with you, but I, do you have a problem? You see a political problem with Letitia James going after him? I don't. Who's she? Attorney General of New York. Okay. Uh, yeah, of course not. Yeah. And really, yeah. New York has so much power because so many of his money laundering and other crimes have been committed there. Oh, excuse me. And there's yep. no statute, this, you know, I don't think there's a statute of limitations that's gone by on a lot of the stuff he's done. Right. So, I mean, she could, she could prosecute him for the foundation, the business, all these other things all day and night long, quite frankly. Right. You know, and I, my guess is other attorneys general, depending on where he's done things in major democratic states, considering that's where a lot of the banks and the investment banks and places are located. Right. So, yeah. Right. Florida won't under uh, DeSantis. No. Um, obviously, he could be there. That's another place that could. But if we elected a Democratic governor in 2022, Florida, you know, and, or Attorney General, I think, the, in, I think in, in Florida, no, the Attorney General is elected separately. I think in Florida, if we elected a, a Democratic Attorney General in 2022, there too. Right. So, right. We'll see. Wow. Well, look out right. for rampaging coronavirus monkeys. Coronavirus monkeys. Yeah. All right. Um, today's Friday, though. So, yeah, let's see. I don't even know if we're doing Monday or Tuesday next week. We'll see. Oh, and the dog sounds like she wants water. So timing is perfect. She's been sleeping until now. She's a little lazy. We'll figure it out. That was a good hour and a half podcast. I know. Let's see if it actually recorded. <laughs> Hopefully it recorded. You have your wonderful content, uh, folks. We hope you enjoy it. Ooh. And All right. We'll be I'm back with more interesting folks. Pause. Stop recording. All right, folks. We're about to give it a try. Nice seeing you. Or not. Take care. Bye. Bye.